everybody. Welcome to I Used to Be a Therapist. I'm so glad you're here. Today, I have something really exciting to share with you. You now have an opportunity to become a member of our podcast tribe, and I seriously would love to have you join me. If you are a regular listener, you need to check out our new Patreon membership site and become a member. We have opened up our Patreon site and have some really amazing things that we're offering at every level of our podcast tribe membership. I can't tell you how helpful this is to us, supporting our podcast each month so that we can make a difference in people's lives. It's, it's making a difference. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard about how each episode, each story has helped someone move past their hurt and start healing. If you listen regularly and enjoy what we do, go check out our membership perks on Patreon. The link is going to be in the show notes. This month, because it's our first month, I'm sending each Patreon member an autographed copy of my book, The Essentially Better Life. The memberships start at just $5 a month. So go check them out. Okay, now I am really excited to get to introduce you to my guest for this episode. Becca Rich and I met in a group online and I was immediately drawn to her. She has wisdom and presence far beyond her years. So to be quite honest, I was hesitant to interview Becca because of her age. But as I got to know her, I could not pass it up. I love the mindful and intentional and authentic presence that she brings, and I just had to share it here with you all. The event that she's going to talk about that changed her could have actually had no impact at all on the trajectory of her life, but she was open to something new, and she had the insight to notice when things were changing, and I loved that. So Becca is 24 years old. She is a trained engineer. She's also a holistic time management coach, Reiki healer, and yoga instructor. And even most important, maybe, she is married to her sweet husband, Brandon. In the interview, Becca talks about living in New Orleans and working as a petroleum engineer for the Department of Interior. Well, since the time of the interview, both she and her husband have quit their nine to five jobs and moved, what she says in quotes, off the grid to a little place in Idaho. She is building her business now and loves working with her one on one clients. I talked to her this week and she is loving it every minute. Another thing that has taken her time lately is studying and researching ways to be more involved in social justice. She wants to know where her time and money would be best used to serve the disenfranchised folks that are all around us and all over the world. So I know you will love hearing her story. She has so much wisdom to share. Don't miss it. Let's listen in. I'm Dr. Wendy Bruton, and I used to be a therapist. Welcome to my podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing life stories, interviews, and information that I know will be of value to you and to your life and to the lives that you touch. If you need a therapist or just someone who used to be a therapist, I hope that this is a place where you feel valued, valuable, and learn to move forward from what you used to be. I'm so glad you're here. 
Rebecca, thank you so much for being with me. It's fun to have you here. We've got to know each other a little bit through this whole uh, quarantining thing. Yeah, it's been so wonderful to to get to know you. And uh, thanks so much for bringing me on on your podcast. I'm really um, honored and and excited to to share and a little nervous, of course, you know, a spiritual, like deep transformational story brings up nerves always, you know, and I'm, I'm sure it will always bring up nerves. So. Sure. Wouldn't it be weird if it didn't? <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. It would just be kind of weird if it didn't do that. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm glad I'm glad. We're, well, I'm a little nervous too. So we're, we're doing all right. <laughs> okay. So before we get into your deep spiritual transformation issues, <laughs> transformation stuff. <laughs> issues. <laughs> We're, um, <laughs> I, I'd love for you just to tell a little bit about yourself, what yeah. you do, who you live with, where you live, all that stuff. Yeah. So I currently reside, I live in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, and I've lived here for about three years. I am originally from Annapolis, Maryland. I don't know if you've ever been to Annapolis, but it's a beautiful, like cute little sailor city town near Baltimore, Washington, DC. And yeah, I just, you know, growing up on the water and near two big cities like DC and Baltimore, it was just really cool. So um, I'm a huge fan of Maryland. And, you know, I've lived in Louisiana for seven years now. I moved here when I was 17. And Mm -hmm. I went to college in uh, Louisiana. And yeah, stayed here since then. (laughs) Okay. So, so that's where you're at. Uh, what do you do? I am a uh, currently a petroleum engineer for the Department of Interior. Um, however, I'm also starting my own business as a holistic time management coach. And I work part-time as a yoga teacher, Reiki healer, uh, meditation teacher, all of those things. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that you are like an engineer and do Reiki. Yeah, it's like I've really balanced both halves of my brain, which is like coming together in my business, right? So it's like bringing together the um, structure, organizational, like engineering part with yeah. the like intuitive healing, creativity. So I love um, that. That's yeah, great. and I, I, I'm, I have a partner, my husband Brandon. He is the part of my transformational story, which you will hear about. But yeah, we're we're living a pretty comfortable, safe, and happy life right now. That's exciting. And you have a lot of things to come. <laughs> and maybe we'll get to that. Maybe maybe that might be another episode. Who knows? But a lot of things yeah. to come. You're you're moving forward and doing different things, huh? Yeah. Always moving, always transformation, you know, always transforming, always shifting. I feel like life would I was just talking to my mom about this, like I feel like life would just be so boring if I was in this place that I'm in right now forever, you know, like sure. what is the fun in that? <laughs> yeah, it it isn't fun if it's just safe all the time, right? You have to live on the edge a little yeah. bit in some places. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's get into your story. It's a great story. So tell us about your life kind of before the event we're going to hear about. Yeah, so... um you know, I, I, I'll just come out and say this. I'm 24. I, um, my life transformation, that like big event, that life-changing event happened to me when I was 18. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm an old soul. I grew up 
with workaholic parents, you know, like my dad started his business when he was 14 years old and still owns that business today. Um, And my mom went back to school, became a PA and and worked in healthcare. So obviously, you know, overtime hours and and all of that, you know, and Mm -hmm. growing up with two parents who divorced when I was young, you know, they, they were working. And so I was an adult from a pretty young age. And that was kind of like that I'm realizing how much impacts all of the things that I have done, you know, being 24, going through the things that I've gone through. It's wild to think about, you know, and, and a lot of people always tell me how like just wild they are when they hear that I'm 24 because of the things that I feel and believe and like have experienced. Um, mm-hmm. But it, you know, it happens with, me I guess I don't know it's it's really interesting um well it is really true you I mean just my my experience of you and being able to get to know you a little bit more in the last few months you really do have a presence about you that is not 24 (laughs) I mean not the not the 24 is a bad it isn't a a normal experience yeah yeah you have you are like an old soul and you have a maturity about you and it comes from experience it does it comes from life it it doesn't just come Mm -hmm. out of nothing right yeah and you know I I'm a huge fan of learning and I think that that's like a lot of where my experience and my like presence or depth or whatever you want to call it has really come from you know is because all I do is just soak up information like Mm -hmm. I just want all of the information give me all of the things and I will be happy And so, you know, like the before this event or whatever, I was in a, you know, I don't know how to talk about this a lot because it's like, I know hindsight what it was. Mm -hmm. So I want to try and explain it as like, I don't know hindsight. So like high school, you're a high schooler, but you also feel like an adult. Mm -hmm. And so you, all of these like decisions that you're making, you know, I was, I was coming from a place where. I felt unsafe, mm-hmm. but I also felt like I was an adult. So it was really strange. Like I'd never had a childhood full of joy. I mean, I had, of course, joyous moments, but, you know, my dad was was an alcoholic until I was 17. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and of course they're workaholics, both parents, and they divorced when I was three or four years old. So step parents, like all, the whole thing. And mm-hmm having two parents not emotionally available I didn't have I was I wasn't safe like my emotions to express I'm I'm a really sensitive person I'm really empathetic and I just wanted to like someone to validate my feelings Mm -hmm. because I had a lot of them and so by the time I was like cognizant of feelings it was too it was kind of too late but obviously it's never too late but so leading up to the event I was super codependent I was I mean I I met my now husband when I was 17 years old and he was 21 and like I just fell in love with him but it was in a very like codependent rescue me I'll rescue you way Mm -hmm. um you know with girlfriends I was like super jealous and and yeah, like it was really hard for me to be a friend and to be like a support system for somebody. 
because I was just so stuck in my own emotions. Like no one ever validated me and no one ever validated my emotions and all of these big feelings and thoughts and ideas that I had in my head. Mm-hmm. And I never really was taught like a, a healthy way to deal with them. Right. So mm-hmm. of course, like I follow in my, in my parents' footsteps and start drinking when I'm 14 years old. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that whole thing, I was never addicted to anything, but it was that control, the control of, of abandonment, the control of fear, the control of playing with like the, that line of safety, which is like, I wanted to drink just to get attention from my parents. Mm -hmm. Right. But then I was like, I need to pull back because I don't want to get addicted and get in trouble. So it was like always playing with that line with everything. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be best friends with a a girl um, and have sleepovers, but then I also don't want to let them into my heart and show them like my real feelings. I want to be really close to my boyfriend, but also don't want to let him into my heart. So it was always this like game uh, of control and and fear and abandonment and all of that. And Mm so I moved to college at 17 years old. I moved down to Louisiana and um, started studying engineering. Like literally I got a scholarship um, and was like, whatever, I don't know anything. I'm just going to run away and just like figure out what I need to do with my life and I I always like think of this as like before and after of like dream and you know dream state and then like awake state and so it was like I made the decision in dream state like I wasn't cognizant for that decision I was just like I'm just gonna go for it that's you know that's a fascinating way to think about it honestly that that's really (laughs) true uh, for a lot of people, they make decisions like life altering decisions in a dream state. I love that. Okay, keep going. Oh, my goodness. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. And um, it's so funny now that I'm in the, like this place. I'm like, am I awake? Like, it's, you know, it's that whole like conundrum of like, is this being awake? I don't uh-huh. think so. I don't know. But anyways, yeah, so I, I moved to college. And you know, it's the whole I need to move to a new state, a new city so I can be a whole new self. And it's like nothing changed. Because wherever you go, there you are. Yeah, nothing changes. <laughs> <laughs> it follows you. Um, and I went joined a sorority because it was a Southern university. I was like, I'm going to go do the whole shebang and study my butt off and, you know, go to bars and, and drink with the sorority all night. And my my I remember my first test in, in college it was like a chemistry course or whatever chemistry 101 and uh I got a 32 percent on that exam my first <laughs> exam in college I was like this is game over I can't I can't do this you know and um I turned my my act together real quick you know I perfectionism is is one of those things that was my before I'm not good enough unless I'm straight A's mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not worthy of friendship or love or um, happiness if I'm not perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I studied my butt off, got an A in that class, but that semester I got an intestine infection that is like is pretty deadly. So I was in my dorm room and you know I'm sick and my friend drags me to the hospital because I'm I lose like ten pounds that that time feels like a dream state still right so like a friend dragged me to the hospital against 
somewhat against my will because I had a deadline that like next day or something for mm-hmm. some paper or some project and I'm in the hospital working on this paper and I'm like I can't like I'm not worried about me I'm worried about sure. this deadline and so you know that was that was a wake-up call of course and so that was kind of like the moment where I was like, all right, Becca, you need to start taking care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't be doing this. So that was the event, you know, that I, I talk about as like one of the biggest things that changed the trajectory because I was in school studying petroleum engineering. I thought I was going to be like the next CEO of Shell or Exxon or, or something and work 80 hours a week and and, fe- and have a fancy house with a fancy family and like the perfect, you know, meet the Joneses like life. And so after I went to the hospital, another friend of mine brought me to a yoga class. And I went to a yoga class and like, it was this cute little woman named Janice. And I still talk about her. I wonder if like one day she'll like listen to a random podcast and I'll be talking about Janice. But she like, I fell in love with this woman. She was like in her 60s and she was so happy and full of life and like fulfilled. And the way that she taught her yoga classes was not like a drill, like an exercise to touch your toes or to do fancy things with your body. It was like, we're here to just breathe and like be fulfilled. And so that was when I was like, wait, I have thoughts. I have feelings. Like I can breathe. Like, what is this? And so if I hadn't have gotten sick, I probably wouldn't have found yoga or meditation or any of the things that I have fallen in love with since then. And so it really has changed the trajectory of, you know, the things that I do, the things that I pay attention to, the things that I'm open to, Yeah, you know. Let's talk about that time when you were sick. Tell us some more about that. You were in your dorm or in your sorority or wherever you were, and you just started getting sick. Uh, Yeah, it was... um, so another thing that you that I, I've recently learned in the last year is that like kids with developmental trauma or emotional neglect or whatever you want to call it, those feel pretty serious when you're talking about them, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I'm still in that place of like coming to terms with with the seriousness of it. Very serious. Yeah. And so what I learned is that like a lot of kids will get sick. And I had strep throat growing up like four times a year. Mm. I had strep throat when my dad um, went to rehab. Like my brother and my dad got into a fight and my dad like went to the hospital and immediately was sent to rehab for 30 days. And I went, when I went to college, I got strep again and I went to the doctors and it was a whole new doctor, you know, no one, you don't, they don't know you and your body and all of that stuff. And so this doctor gave me a prescription of like a thousand milligrams of penicillin or something like super big dosage for the strep throat that I had. And, you know, it was just too much for my body to handle, especially like not eating healthy. I was like eating Taco Bell every week. So I'm in college and like ramen and whatever. Yeah. And so my body couldn't handle it. And so I started like, of course, like getting sick. My stomach was upset. I couldn't sit in class, like all of that gross stuff that I'm not getting into. Right. Um, And yeah, like it was just, it was miserable. And at the time my roommate and I weren't getting along because of course, you know, you can't really get along with people when you have, you haven't addressed your developmental trauma and, you know, a lot of that stuff that was, was happening. 
emotionally for me. And so her boyfriend came in town and they like kicked me out of the dorm for a week. And so I was staying with a friend and that's why the the friend was like, "Um, I think you're sick. Oh my like you, you need help I didn't yeah it was just I don't know if it was dissociation or like bad memory because it was like eight years ago now at this point but um I just I just don't really remember like the event leading up to it but it was like I called my mom she's a PA right and so I called her and I usually called her whenever I, I had some like medical thing or whatever going on. Mm-hmm. And so I told my mom that I had been on antibiotics. And so with this intestine infection that I had, the antibiotics kill all of the good bacteria in yeah. your gut, right? Right. And then you're left with the bad bacteria like um, growing. overgrowing. Sure. And so, yeah, I just, you know, I got really sick and I still had the strep throat, I think. And so I went to the, the, the ER and, um, I was like, I can't breathe. My stomach's really upset, like all of these things. And I don't know what's wrong with me. Can you please help me? And it was just, yeah, it was one of those like total surrender moments of, you know, I never really was that sick before, obviously. And so it sure. was just like, I need, I need some help outside of me. And that was big. Yeah, that's like the first time probably that you had to trust somebody else to help you. Yeah. Because nobody that you had trusted before had been able to help you at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So So. that is big. Okay, so you get some help, like somebody helps you, right? And you start getting a little bit better. But then somebody says, hey, like, it's not just about your gut. You need to get some other kind of help. And then you end up at a yoga class. Yep. I end up at a yoga class. And, you know, you can't change your whole life with just a yoga class. I mean, I guess you can because then it sets you down a path of like taking more yoga and more yoga and more yoga until like your path is changed utterly dramatically. But it was just at first, it was a time to just breathe and to to feel some space and to feel a little bit of the weight lifted off of my shoulders and explore, you know, explore my body, explore my breath and explore my mind and my thoughts and my feelings. Was that like one of the first times I would imagine like living a life like you lived one of the first times that you were really aware of what was happening inside your body and kind of getting this mind-body connection and connecting the mind intelligence to the body intelligence, right? Like that. Yeah, totally, totally. And it was like, it was still dream state a little bit, right? Like nothing, it takes years for for you to heal the developmental, I mean, your whole life sometimes to heal developmental trauma. Oh, of course, your whole life, yeah. Your whole life. And so, of course, you know, still dealing with, old patterns and not really knowing what's going on but yeah it was definitely a space for me to just breathe and and relax and and then I started I started approaching yoga with my perfectionism like controlling addictive kind of compulsive behavior and so I went to I went I started going to a like a more intense I guess yoga studio instead of just with Janice's like 60 year old chill yoga class um and I I started doing more intense yoga and more 
going to more like hot classes and, and all of that. And then I fell in love with the physical aspect of yoga. And I was obsessed with like the handstands and trying to twist my body and like crazy shapes. And, you know, it was still a space for me to, to take the weight off and breathe and, and assess like mind and body. However, I was approaching it in a totally different mindset once I started getting into like the physical shapes. Right. Yeah. And so I hurt myself physically. My wrist started hurting. My hips started hurting my shoulder, like my whole right side of my body started hurting. And that's when I found Reiki and trained to, to, I started studying Reiki with, with a yoga teacher from that studio that I went to. And so that opened me up to open me up a lot more spiritually, mm-hmm. open me to um, connecting with energy around me in my body and with the universe. It started teaching me that yoga was, was not just about the physical poses, but until I had to stop doing the intense yoga, that's when I like, you know, I kind of had to like, just pull back a little bit and it felt it it hurt, right? It hurt because it was like my new addiction. It was my new compulsion. Mm -hmm. So I had a really grieving experience because I was like, yoga healed me. And then I was like, but yoga hurt me too. So that lesson in itself was like the first lesson after the intestine infection of the, the balance between like compulsion and like living (laughs) you know yeah Um, finding a balance yeah Yeah, finding balance then throughout that whole experience of you know finding yoga and finding myself a little bit better you know my now husband broke up with me and that that set me down a, a path of like I I relied on him right he was the first safe space for me to to feel loved. And so when he broke up with me, I didn't let him break up with me. At least that's what I tell this, how I tell the story today, (laughs) but (laughs) uh, yeah, I was, I was heartbroken, you know, and and you're at that time I was like 19 and I had this experience of like getting drunk one night, like regular college night. Again, I never really had a problem with alcohol because I kept it. Like I knew I came from a lineage of alcoholics and I was just like, I need to keep this away from me because I know it could be dangerous, but I still drank. So um, I went out with some friends and I punched my, my now husband back then boyfriend in the face. And that was like um, one of those moments where the rock bottom, you know, like I'm I'm growing up to be my father and I can't do that like mm-hmm. no so you know of course little things along the way after that intestine infection have really shaped my trajectory and it takes time to incorporate and to learn and to grow your whole life from developmental trauma but the intestine infection really changed it to like I don't want to work forever I want to actually breathe and and do yoga and take space and time for me and to get to know myself. And then all of the little experiences after that, I mean, punching my now husband in the face is not a little experience, but um, all of the experiences that happened after the intestine infection really set me down the path of 
a living a more mindful life. Mm-hmm. So you, you you punched him in the face. <laughs> and what happened? I mean, with relationally, what happened? I mean, it, it shifted, obviously. We like went through a rough patch and I was like, I'm changing. I need to get my stuff together. I started really getting into yoga. I got into Reiki. That's when I went to become my yoga teacher. Or I became a yoga teacher, went to my yoga teacher training, graduated college. And I took, how many years ago was that? (laughs) I took like six years to just heal so far, you know, and I'm still Mm -hmm. healing. I'm still growing, but. Yeah, it's a lifelong learning, right? Tell me how your identity changed from, let's say, before you end up in the hospital with this intestine thing. Like, say, if I would have asked you three weeks before that. What's going to happen with your life and who are you and the vision of your life and who you really are, your identity, as opposed to now? Yeah. So kind of what I touched on before, which is like, I wanted this, this ideal life, right? I never really knew what I wanted to do, but I was like, I want this picture perfect white house, picket fence, perfect family, perfect job but I didn't really know what was the thing that was going to hold it together. I just thought that's what I wanted. Sure. And now what do you think? (laughs) Now I'm, I can't stand being in a cubicle (laughs) (laughs) and I, um, I just want to connect with human beings. I want to help people get to know themselves better because that was part of my journey, right? Like I didn't know who I was. And um, when I got to know who I was and know my values and know how I wanted to live my life, then that's when things started kind of moving. The chain started moving. I, I felt safer to be myself. I could feel feelings without knowing, like knowing that I had feelings and then feeling them. Okay. um, I want to ask a question. So I like yoga. I do. And and my husband and I do yoga almost every night. Really, you know, basic, stretchy yoga, not the things like headstand things that you're doing. That's too, that's too much. I'm just happy to get down on the ground and get back up. Like that's really, (laughs) that's my, my accomplishment for the day. So, but, but I, I really love yoga and I believe in, I, know the difference it can make in your life. But if people ask me as a you know life coach or as as a therapist when they would ask me why would I do yoga? I would love for you to explain when you talk about well I became more in touch with my feelings and I kind of understood who I was in a different way like how does yoga do that? <laughs> so on a very tangible level Sitting in a pose that's uncomfortable, it's stretching a part of your body and you just witness it, you bear witness and you just breathe and you just watch your feelings or your thoughts about it. And then you let your mind wander off into wherever else it goes about what you have to eat for dinner later or whatever. You're learning yourself. You're getting to know yourself and how your brain is wired and Yoga is the thing that slow that slowed me down enough to watch, to pay mm-hmm. attention. 
and to be intentional about paying attention. Yeah. And when, and, you know, when I went, I think the real change happens when someone studies yoga, not just practices yoga. And so when I became, when I went to my teacher training, I went to Costa Rica for 17 days by myself. I, that was my graduation. I saved up so much, so long um, in my co- for my college, um, well, senior year of college. And I went to Costa Rica by myself to become a yoga teacher. So that, that's what someone that just graduates engineering does for fun. Um, <laughs> and so when I went, there's you know you study the literature you study the history of yoga you study the intention in the teachings of the practice not just put your body in a downward facing dog right and so that that's where the real change happened for me for and I like my husband now says like yoga teacher training was the place where I came back and I was completely changed and shaped because I was with a group of 15, 20 people. And I had never been able to be myself around strangers because I didn't feel safe. And so that was the first place that I had ever felt safe around anyone that was a stranger or not a stranger. <laughs> like my husband in yoga teacher training was the first place that like I could share my feelings and share my thoughts and be accepted. And so I learned to accept them myself. What was different about that? That place? And those people, or was it just that place? I'm sure it was all of it. You know, we're all in it together. We're all in love with the yoga practice and, and what it has done in our lives thus far. Mm-hmm. And of course, being on a beach in Costa Rica without your phone, without worrying about what anything else is happening for 17 days, aside from just reading books and moving your body and breathing and you know, the, the daily homework assignment was to just go be quiet for an hour and walk the beach. Like, what? <laughs> and you needed that. And that was like rest. It was rest for your soul. Yeah. Wow. That's very cool. Okay. So yeah. how did all of this, I'm really curious how all of this impacted your relationships. So like with your family, right? your family of origin, your family, your friends, your, how did it impact those relationships? Yeah, I'm still going through it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still healing. I'm still learning. And, um, you know, the, the biggest relationship shift and change is obviously with my husband. We got married and there was so much healing and trust and shifts that we had to make obviously before we got married. But ever since we got married, we've just grown so much more. Like I trust somebody. Mm -hmm. I trust somebody like just to even trust someone with, I was, I was dancing around a little bit ago and my husband was like, just hanging out, sitting on the couch. And I was literally screaming and dancing and, (laughs) singing around my house and like I sometimes can't even do that when I'm alone because I'm judging myself yeah but you don't feel like you're going to be judged by him no no not at all and he's like he's my best friend and yeah I'm just so in love with him but 
with my family of origin, you know, I'm still healing. And I think that being in Louisiana, a thousand miles away is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I had a very like enmeshed relationship with, with my mom. My dad and I really don't talk that much, but my mom, I've like had to set up boundaries. And so practicing boundaries has, has been a learning curve as well. That's challenging in itself. And setting up healthy boundaries that are in, uh, aligned with what I deep down want and and can handle. And yeah. I think it's given me all of this like healing work that I've done. Um, it's given me the opportunity to see people in a different light and not think that people are just out to get me and the victim mentality that I had. Yeah. Have you had, I mean, I'm interested in knowing this. Have you had somebody that walked through this with you as a mentor, a therapist, a coach? Did you seek somebody out like that? It's interesting. I would say no. So I recently just got my first therapist ever four months ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, aside from that, like yoga teachers have been my mentors since seven years ago six years ago, but it changes. And that was a common pattern that I had before. And I still have today somewhat of like every year I had a new girlfriend in in school or a new friend or a new um, hobby or a new teacher, you know, every year was new. Mm -hmm. Right. And so of course that leads to like the unsafeness that a child may feel, but yeah, it still kind of holds true today now that I'm like reflecting and thinking about it. Like every year I've had like a yoga teacher that was my mentor close to me or whatever. But over the last year since starting my business, I've I've hired a coach, a therapist, and I'm not afraid of asking for help anymore. That's another thing that I'm really proud of myself for. Like I love asking for help and I know that there's nothing wrong with asking for help there's nothing wrong with me for asking for help from for people no and it's really hard to ask for help when you can't trust anybody right so you learned somehow from the relationship you have with your husband the relationship you had with in yoga somewhere you know when you're training or with other people that there are people out there that are safe and yeah so then you're able to trust those people, you know? Right. I think that, you know, and this is a spiritual story, right? Like I worked on my relationship to myself more than other people. Like I worked on my relationship with my higher power or the universe or whatever you want to call it. Like I, I worked and I strived for feeling connected to something greater than me, whether, Mm -hmm. whatever it was, you know, and it didn't matter who the person was that was in front of me physically. Mm -hmm. I felt guided and I felt um, supported by some force, some, something greater than me, something bigger. God or whoever it was. Right. That's cool. That's wisdom. And that's where you start right is to work on the relationship you have with yourself and with your higher power your god somehow and that existential experience right the existential component to that 
then lets you be able to function in a more, when you can do like this vertical and inward kind of stuff, it makes you be able to do more of a horizontal relationships. Yeah, I love that visual. And it's so true. I, you know, the year that I was engaged and we were planning our wedding, like the whole time I was just working on myself because I knew if I worked on myself that my relationship with my husband would be fine. Mm -hmm. That's true. Those are good, good words, good insights. (laughs) Okay. I would love to hear a lesson and we've heard a lot of them, but I want to know specifically (laughs) a lesson you learned through this that you don't think you would have learned any other way. Like so much has changed, right? Since you had that experience, since that happened to you and you kind of got to the the bottom of yourself, wherever that was. What is the lesson right now that you learned that if that didn't happen, that you wouldn't have learned? I think how important safety is. How life-changing life is. How earth-shattering life feels when you feel safe in your own skin in your own body um, around other people life is is living and it's not you're not in survival mode anymore you're not in fight or flight when you can feel some safety yeah and you wouldn't have learned that if you had just kept going no i would have been in fight or flight i would have been working 80 hours a week i would have been uh a CEO of some major company, some corporation, I, I think. <laughs> and been scared and sad. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't have the perfect outside life, but I wouldn't have had the, the perfect inside life. Yeah. Well, that's really good insight. And it's very, um, it's hard to, to be willing to let go of that perfect outside life for everybody to see and all these things out here, or at least what you think is a perfect outside life. It's hard to let go of that to find this peace inside you, right? It's so hard. It's so much risk. And it just happens naturally. Like it, ha- and, and it, I'm honestly just reflecting now as I'm literally sitting here with you, Wendy, it doesn't happen overnight. It, it happens slowly over time in the the external perfect whatever vision that you had morphs as you morph and as you get to know yourself and as you fall in love with yourself mm-hmm. and you feel connected to something greater than yourself. Mm-hmm. It, it just sloughs away. It doesn't. It's not the same picture that you had before of what is perfect, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Okay. I have a question that I've been asking a lot of people. I'm interested in hearing what you would say. If you would go back and right right now, your 24-year-old self would go back and talk to that 17-year-old self right before your friend comes in and says, I'm going to take you to the hospital. And you know all the things you know now. You're going to go back to her, that, that girl, then what would you tell her? Be right before this is all going to happen. I do this all. I have goosebumps right now. I do this <laughs> all the time, actually, because I do a lot of inner child work now. And, I, and like, I literally want to physically, like, put my arms around my, my chest and, like, hug myself. Um, 
I would just tell my my 17 year old eight I was 18 I guess yeah. um 18 year old self that I'm there for them I'm there for her and that that's all she needs to know yeah you're there it's gonna be okay yeah yeah And I do this all the time now. Like that's part of like the tangible inner child work that, you know, I can offer somebody, especially my line of work of being a holistic time management coach. Like we beat ourselves up over not doing enough in a day-to-day basis. And it's like, just celebrate and feel in your body and in your mind and your soul, all of the things that you have done. Yeah. Like, it's okay. It's okay. You're here. You're perfect right where you are. Yeah. You've done so much to get where you are right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think are the top three things that people need to know that are going through right now in their life, going through a big life crisis or change or some big experience? Yeah. Well, one that there's something greater out there for you whatever it is doesn't have to look any certain way that is there to support you mm-hmm. it can be anything but there's something outside of you in your mind and your body that is supporting you and that then that, that kind of brings me into number two which is like you are not your body and you are not your mind you are your soul and you you can get yourself out of your body and get yourself out of your mind if you need to by just breathing mm. by just closing your eyes and you know transforming physically sh- shape shifting where you are currently in your present moment to connect with that something greater and the third thing is kind of my lesson right is all you can do is just hug yourself through it mm. The only thing that you can do is is feel supported by something greater than yourself and support you emotionally and physically through it. Mm-hmm. Support yourself through it. That's good. Support yourself. And to know that you are able and capable of supporting yourself, that you are enough to do that. Which leads me to my, um, I recently got a tattoo in in December and I have a tattoo on my forearm that says, I got you. And it's directed at me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like on my arm right here. Like it's, um, it's a day. I use that every day as a daily reminder to just remind myself that I got me. And I is not just me. I is the universe. I is my husband. I is you, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that. And who you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and being vulnerable with us. And oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you. And I have three more questions that I ask everybody on my podcast. But before that, I want to have you tell everybody where we can get in touch with you and how what you're doing, how we can get in touch with you, why we would want to. I mean, because you're awesome. I mean, obviously, we know now that you have something really good to say, but let's, yeah, let's hear. Yeah. So, you know, I am a holistic time management coach. So that's the business that I'm pursuing. 
and it's been so fulfilling because it's combining all of my my previous experiences you know and and what I've been through and helping people detach their worth from their to-do list so like getting getting their stuff done actively in pursuit of being intentional with your time and your to-do list and doing it with self-compassion doing it with love for yourself and yeah if you are you know if you're suffering from that endless to-do list and and you you feel like you're just looking at this big mountain this dream that you want to create in your life you know I'm helping people take the small steps today that they need to take to make their dream a reality so if that is of interest of to you I'm on so all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I have a website, BeccaRichWellness.com. And my intention is to help people spend their time in alignment with, with their purpose, their passions. And That's beautiful. Yeah. That's a great intention. And I will put all the links to those places in the show notes so people can just go to the show notes and find you easy yeah okay here's the last three questions first is we might know it but we don't know maybe there's a different one you're going to tell us a pivotal event that changed you now i'm like yoga teacher training okay (laughs) well that was a pivotal event and it did change you yeah every day my answer is every single day something in my life changes me i like that every moment that's a good that's a good answer right there a lot of wisdom and if that's the truth, that's amazing. You know what I mean? If people can really get that, that's amazing. Okay. Second question, a person who changed you. My husband. Okay. <laughs> and and what was her name? Your yoga instructor? Janice. Janice. Janice yeah. and your husband. Those are the two people yeah. we heard about. And yeah, that's good. Okay. Last is a book that changed you. This one's a hard one. So many books, so many amazing books in the world. Recently, actually, I read this book. Um, it's called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I am just a huge fan of Glennon Doyle and all of her writing. And yeah, that book absolutely changed my life. Untamed. Untamed. Okay, how did it change you? It was another layer of remove what society expects from you like the whole premise of this book is like we're tamed by society as Uh women as as humans and this book really helped me see all in which all of the ways that I am being tamed by society and it broke that down a lot clearer for me I love that I'm excited to read it Yes. I'm oh gonna, my gosh. It's mine. It's changing. Life changing. Put it on my uh, Amazon list. Yeah. And I will put the link in the show notes too. So, well, Becca, thank you so much for joining me today. It was really great to hear your story and just look forward to more connection with you. Thanks for listening for, to my story. Thanks for making me feel safe. Thanks oh. for being my friend. And I'm glad that we have gotten to know each other and work with each other and hang out online. (laughs) It's been kind of fun. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. I'm so thankful for Becca sharing her story. I love how she seriously changed the trajectory of her life so early. 
That's very unusual and it's wonderful. One concept that Becca talked a lot about was developmental trauma. This is some kind of trauma, big or little, that happened when we were growing up that has had some impact on the way in which we develop and see the world. We all have it, some more than others, but we all have something that wounded us and created patterns that don't really serve us anymore as we get older. And a truth that Becca learned early was the relationship between her developmental trauma and sickness in her body. It seems weird that this happens, but it does. There is very little that separates our emotional and mental health from our physical health. For Becca, yoga became a way for her to integrate and heal both her emotional wounds and her physical symptoms. What she says is that it gave her a place to make space and to breathe and notice and explore the stuff that was happening inside her. This was a challenge for me to hear. I think about how my life is often too busy or distracted to intentionally make space for myself, for me to explore what is happening inside my mind and emotions. I don't always make space to breathe with intention, to focus on my breath and the moment that I'm in. Instead, I'm often too busy focusing on the future or the past. Does that ring true for you? I am working on this. And in these crazy times in our world, it's a good time for all of us to make space in our lives and to notice and acknowledge our experiences in life. It's good to connect our mind intelligence to our body intelligence. One way to do this is just breathe and follow your breath by just paying attention to it. Yoga is an amazing place to learn all of this. I highly recommend just trying it. Get on YouTube and find a a yoga video and watch it. Another way to make this space and connect your mind and body is just to do even a simple body scan. I'm doing a bonus episode that is a guided body scan that you can find. It should be out in about two or three days. So you can find that here. But whatever you do in these crazy times, it's so important to give yourself space and give yourself grace. You are important, you are valuable, and you are loved. I'm so glad you joined us. Make sure to subscribe so you can get all the episodes. And you can help support our podcast by clicking the support button in the show notes or going to our website, essentiallybetterlife.com. Follow me on social at Essentially Better Life And check out my website for all kinds of information on business and personal coaching, my book, and even some great stuff on essential oils. Thanks for listening. Blessings and be well, my friends.